You're listening to Air IQ, a field controls podcast. Welcome to Air IQ by Field Controls. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Now, there is one small part of everybody's daily life that maybe we don't think about in a conscious way, but we definitely complain about it, and we're definitely aware of it, and it can affect every single part of your day from the way your clothes fit to your attitude, just your emotional state, and that's humidity. Well, guess what? My guest on the podcast today, Humidity Genius, I think that's his actual title. We'll have to ask him. Of course, I'm talking about Tim Bogoski, the Midwest Regional Manager for Field Controls. Tim, how are you today? I'm doing well, Sean. I hope you are. I am doing very well. Thank you for asking. So I have a, a just a question right from the beginning, and that is, let's talk about some of the realities of humidity, because that is the big elephant. That's the main thing that you have to deal with, especially in, say, uh, a market like Florida. That's got to be the, the number one concern above all else, right? I would totally agree with that. So let's talk to uh, towards the the realities of humidity. What are a couple of the concerns or just a couple of the straight facts about humidity that you have to manage? Well, when we're within an occupied space, and when I say that, I mean a residential structure or home, it's important that we don't get up to a level of 60% within the occupied space or we have the opportunity or it may facilitate mold growth within the structure. And conversely, we don't want it in other climates below 20% or it'll evaporate your mucous membranes and you have a higher probability of getting uh, sick. So it's important that we manage humidity to some tighter tolerances for comfort and health reasons. Are those the main concerns that business owners in Florida have when it comes to humidity? Are there issues about the way humidity can impact um, electronics or machinery, or are those pretty uh, stable and secure situations? Well, as long as we stay at uh, 55% or try to uh, inside the structure, we should be all right so that we don't create dew point, which would be actually moisture that you could see or condensate that could then negatively impact those devices. Being able to flexibly scale with the, the external humidity in a, in a state like Florida, that has to be a ridiculous challenge because it's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. But in a, in a state like Florida, does it ever get down to a point where you have to flip your approach or is it always pretty steady year round? I want to say in the Florida market, well, it, it'll typically be on the higher side of the scale. Very seldom would you see the lower side of the scale. And if it was, it'd only be a very small portion when it, when it gets cold. And at that time, you know, you've got frost on, on the trees down there, and you've got other things that are actually driving, uh, say making people a little bit more uncomfortable. So they're usually on the higher end of the scale. And managing that late load through the HVAC appliance to maintain comfort for the occupant is extremely important. You mentioned two thresholds. Um, You don't want to go below 20% and you don't want to be above 60%. How sensitive as humans are we to these subtle changes in humidity? I've never really thought about it, but if you're sitting in a building, can you feel a difference between, say, 55% and 60%? Is it noticeable? Uh, 
it depends on the individual, but I'd say you're more likely to perspire at the higher level, okay? And it'll be a little, it'll be stale. The, the air would be heavier. It would become a, a little harder to breathe, depending on how sensitive the individual may be. And of course, we're not all the same, so some people are more sensitive than others. FAVC is a fairly complex system. Would you do me a favor and, and break it down sort of piece by piece? Because I want to make sure that I understand it completely. Sure. Uh, FAVC uh, actually stand, it's an acronym that stands for Fresh Air Ventilation Control. Um, in new construction, we need to have a certain volume of ventilation into the new home because they're extremely tight. Now, some people feel, well, why'd you make them so tight and then bring air in? Well, it's, it's to manage the volume of air that comes into the building so that we can better control the energy costs of heating or air conditioning, mechanically conditioning the building for a healthy environment. The FAVC does exactly that. We actually are able to set this control according to the latest Florida building codes to bring in a certain volume of air into the occupied space. Typically that's done when we're heating or we're air conditioning and of course in Florida we're going to be typically air conditioning 95% of the time. But we can bring in a precise amount of air so that we can keep a healthy environment for those occupants and not overventilate to drive their energy costs up. In parallel, the control will also manage the volume of moisture that is within the building. Actually, it's going to sense it. If the humidity indoors gets above 50%, let's say 50 to about 52 and a half, it will begin to reduce the amount of ventilation by 25%. If the humidity continues to go up indoors, and we get to a threshold that, say, is uh, 52 and a half to 55 and a half, it'll cut the ventilation back 50%. If it continues to rise and it gets up to 57 and a half percent, it'll reduce the ventilation we're bringing in by 75%. If we still see it rising, then what will happen is the control will go into what we call a, a block of time which is a four-hour window, and we'll ventilate only 25% in that four-hour window, but only also in parallel when the air conditioning system is running so that we can wring out any additional moisture that would be coming in. So getting into this four-hour time block, what it's trying to do is it's trying to take you off peak load. And when I say peak load, let's say that it's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, humidity is extremely high and it's very warm and hot outdoors, the, the control is looking at a four-hour increment looking towards seven o'clock so that as that sun goes down and the load isn't as great, it's more likely to try to bring the air in at that time, which would have less of a negative impact or on the uh, conditions within the occupied space to help uh, maintain tighter tolerances on comfort. Now, that's only a quick snapshot of what this control can do. It, it electrically interfaces with the 24-volt system and a standard 
HVAC system, which means heating, ventilating, air conditioning system. It also has the capacity of monitoring your bath fans so that you could actually interface the bath fans so that when they run and they take air out of the building, this control then knows it should bring air in to offset that. But at the same time, it's going to come it as part of the ventilation to minimize the fact of overventilation. Too many times uh, you could run a bath, bath fans or a kitchen exhaust system or a clothes dryer if it was in the house or a central vacuum sweeper. All these exhaust devices take things or let's say take air out of the home. Well, when air leaves the home, air will come back in from somewhere else, anywhere it can. Quite often that may be from an area where you may have your automobile. And if that was the case, then the fumes from the evaporation of the gasoline from the automobile could actually migrate back into the occupied space. So you really want to try to bring in air from a known space with a minimal amount of contaminants into it and then keep closer to a balanced pressure in the building so that the HVAC system then can just manage what it needs to and not have to manage excessive amount. Another factor is a uh, kitchen exhaust. Today with the big box stores, uh, a homeowner could go down and, and purchase a large kitchen exhaust, basically a commercial cook stove and place it into their home, but that requires a lot of air to be displaced during the operation of that product. Well, the FAVC has the capability of interfacing with that, counting that air that is going out, and also supplying the makeup air for it so that the house isn't pulled under a high negative pressure. As a general rule, my whole life, when I think of the phrase air conditioning, I think of, please make it cold in here. I have just recently realized, and you just reinforced it, conditioning is the important part of that phrase because you are managing the humidity. Uh, perhaps you have some sort of UV system installed to help with antibacterial. You are controlling the air pressure. Uh, in addition to the temperatures, there's a lot more that goes into air conditioning than just please make it cold. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If uh, if we just make it cold, it could be very it could be very clammy, and really not comfortable because you'd still be wet. Uh, ideally, with air conditioning, what you want to do is you want to wring out that moisture, and by dehumidification, and removing the latent load on the equipment, actually we can wring that moisture out. If we take that moisture out, what you have to realize is that. Uh, don't get offended by this, but we're all carbon bags of water in a general sense. <gasps> I'm shocked. <laughs> well, what happens is that when you lower the humidity within the building, then the moisture within us evaporates a bit. Well, when that evaporates, that provides a cooling to our system. Our clothes stay drier. We're not sticky and uncomfortable. And actually, we're far more comfortable. So it's managing that, that latent load or the, and that, that moisture load that people think is just lowering the temperature. No, you got to wring the air out. And in Florida, with a high humidity, you, most of the time, you can understand how a HVAC contractor at first would be a little concerned about bringing air into a home 
but the air is going to come in anyhow. So why don't we manage it, take it through our equipment, and then uh, condition it before we deliver it? Is my opinion or my thoughts on air conditioning, is that really strange, or do you find yourself explaining that on almost a daily basis? Uh, the average individual you know, doesn't have enough technical knowledge to truly understand how the entire HVAC system works. And, and that's why we have experts in the business. No different than not everybody understands medically how different things work with the human body. So we go to experts. So in dealing with experts, we can get the, uh, the services that we're looking for delivered. That's very kind of you to say, Tim. I feel better already. Hey, um, I'm going to bet that your house is probably one of the company's official test labs. Um, if it doesn't work at my house, you don't get it. So everything, it, oh, I can just imagine in some meetings, all right, we got this great idea, and then they just look over you. Tim, you ready to do an installation? Pretty much. Um, I try to put all the products in my own home and become extremely familiar with them to make sure that we can deliver a high-quality product that performs for a long period of time at a very reasonable investment to help whoever elects to invest in the technology. I don't want to ask you to choose between your favorite children, but is there a specific feature or a specific system that you've used that you particularly liked? Is not a favorite, but is the one you thought, oh yeah, this, like it just, you know, it was the right one for you? On this specific control? Yes. Um, um, <clears throat> man managing the pressure differential in the building is, is so critical, not only for humidity, but also for improving indoor air quality. If we reduce the random entry and control where we bring the air in from, that we clean it by reducing particulate, that we treat it with a germicidal function to reduce microbial growth, that we control the volume, but then we condition it by running it through the AC system and wringing it out and then delivering it. The random entry reduction of everything into the building makes the home cleaner, fresher, and healthier. Is a high humidity environment the biggest challenge to control efficiently? In the Florida market, uh, humidity is the, uh, is the big uh, gorilla say in the room that needs to be managed with uh, tighter tolerances to make sure that you deliver comfort to the occupants uh, in a new home. Absolutely. Now confronting humidity as you do every single day, um, just kind of curious, would you consider a desert to be a prime vacation spot? Well, it depends. See, with high humidity, we're, we're going to have more plant growth because there's water, okay? So then you'd have more pollen. You, you get into a desert, we're going to have a much drier climate, okay? So uh, a desert works well for many people that may have some certain type of respiratory-related conditions that they actually should move into that climate for health reasons. It's better for them. Uh, the control works quite well in a dry climate, a humid climate, a cold climate, you know, hot, humid, or normal, this control has the adaptability to dial it into any cl climate zone currently within the United States. 
I certainly appreciate you taking the time today. I feel like I understand this this system and the and the science behind it so much better. Which, funnily enough, this podcast was not supposed to be about me, and yet here it is. I appreciate that. You've made me smarter today, Tim Bogoski. I really do appreciate it. My guest on the podcast today, of course, Midwest Regional Manager for Field Controls, Tim Bogoski. Tim, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been really interesting. Sean, thank you for the invite, and uh, I've enjoyed it also. You have a wonderful day.